Hello. We're back. I feel like we say that every well, week. <laughs> I was thinking earlier how we're like, we're bad podcast hosts because I feel like we cannot stay consistent and I feel bad. Well, again, we're not like other podcasts where like <laughs> they just talk about whatever comes to mind. Like we have to watch a 45 minute episode in order to prepare for our podcast. That's true. And it's better like if we watch it and then record like in the same day. So last week, you guys, I just don't, I don't even remember what was happening. I just feel like maybe Monday was busy or something. I don't know. Get to it. What we matters just, is that we're here now. We're here now. We watched and now we're recording. And also I think part of that is these episodes have not been really entertaining lately. Hopefully that's about to change really soon, but this episode was not good <laughs> and not even like a fun, bad way. It was just boring. Yup. And we're, stupid. We're talking season three, episode 17, Dance with Somebody. And I feel like you can kind of tell, because clearly they wrote this in response to Whitney's death. Like we were talking about this in the last episode, how they must have turned this around pretty quickly. Yeah. And you can kind of tell. Like it feels very rushed. I'll get to it when we get to certain story beats, but a lot of things just straight up don't make sense. They don't make sense and they're not consistent with past care like recent past characters actions and thoughts so it was kind of a mess yeah so again like zach said this episode's a tribute to whitney houston whitney houston died on february 11th 2012 this episode aired april 24th 2012 so they did this pretty much two months after her death but again when i'm looking on at least on wikipedia it says that production began. Oh, I had it last time we recorded. And I can't in, easily find it. It's but. interesting you say like um, two months later because Will says that towards the beginning of the episode. He's like, it's been two months and they're still not over it. And it had me thinking, did you guys really film this just two months after her yeah. death? So I don't know. I don't know what's up with that, you guys, because flashing forward to season five i know it was a really quick turnaround for the quarterback episode but that felt like very genuine and true maybe because that was like an actual death of someone that was close to them so it felt more real but i don't know or maybe they just grew as writers i have no clue it just is not good so let's talk about it yeah they must have filmed this very last minute because they started the rest of the season production in august the year before so this must have been like everyone regroup we need to film an episode about Whitney. I wonder if anything will be in the trivia about that. Like a lost There's episode or something. Here, so oh, okay. I guess we might never know. Anyway, the episode opens very abruptly with an acapella cover of How Will I Know. Um, and it is starts off with Mercedes joined by Kurt. And they're like, is it Kurt's locker? They're at a locker that has a shrine to Whitney Houston in it. Um, yes. And someone's holding a frame of her. Yeah. Um, this is where I think I should talk about for some reason, you guys, I don't know whose idea this was, but almost every single, well, there's lots of numbers. So I'm going to say at least four of them and I'm not exaggerating. Someone was like, Hey, 
let's do a different mix. Let's do a different tempo. Let's do a different style. And I just feel like it doesn't work in almost every single instance. There's one that I didn't mind, but the rest of them, including this one, I'm like, I don't know. Not that it sounds bad, but I just don't think acapella serves this song. Like, I feel like part of the vibe of the song is the instrumentation because it's like about the emotion of it. I don't know. Well, I didn't mind it. Except like it was it was about like it was a somber moment. Like they were all like Haley grieving her death. Well, I put in my notes, this is a bit dramatic. <laughs> and I like the harmonies. It was so busy. Yeah, it was Mercedes and Kurt and then joined by Rachel and Santana. And they did a little four-part harmony at some points. I thought it was good. It wasn't like super upbeat, but I feel like that was the point. I don't know. It's like I was just talking about, I think it was last week. I was like, rarely does an opening, like when we go straight into a number, no dialogue, rarely does it work for me. I also feel like though, if like I'd watched this live, like, like you, assuming you did, even like, oh my God, like Whitney had just died. Like this is like, it, it hits different, you know, versus I, 12 years later. Well, I feel like I care more about Whitney now than I did back then because I wasn't like that that cultural awareness wasn't there as deeply, I guess. Well, quick aside, I'll tell y'all, one of my first CDs I ever owned was Whitney Houston's Greatest Hits. That's and the hilarious. song that's on that album is also in this episode that I was obsessed with as a kid. So yeah, I knew Whitney from a young age. That's funny. Anyway, so yes. Those, I don't think it worked. Those four singing and Bill's watching from the hallway and he, the wheels are turning because he's like kind of confused. Wait. Can I talk about the title card? Sure. You guys do know I love an alternate title card. And this technically was not a card because I think, I wonder if this is in the trivia, maybe not. I'm pretty sure this is the first time that like the title has appeared in a shot. Cause like they pan down the stage. We're still on the stage and there's a spotlight and that's where the Glee logo shows up. So it's technically not a title card. I find that interesting. Mm -hmm. Someone needs to compile all the times that the Glee title card was different. I would live for that. I'm sure it's not that many. You'd be surprised. I feel like there's been at least like 14 so far. 14? No. Yeah. Okay, like the two Christmas episodes, Valentine's Day, this one. I feel like one time it was I'd say like maybe purple. Six. The Halloween one, it was purple. Or, it was orange for the Halloween episode. I don't it being purple. It's been orange, green, pink. Like, it, okay. come on. <laughs> There was a Santa hat on it one time. Okay, you already said the Christmas episodes, so whatever. Anyway, so Will's in Emma's office, and he's just talking about how the Glee kids are taking Whitney's death really hard, and he doesn't quite understand it. So then Emma starts on this whole thing about, um, like, how she was their age. Like, she took Princess Diana's death really hard, and she's just telling Will that like they see Whitney as their childhood and they're holding on to her so they don't have to say goodbye to their high school lives. There's lots of projection happening this oh, episode. Oh my god, lots of projection. And also, I thought that was stupid when Emma said that. When Emma was like, Diana's death represented the end of my childhood. Yeah. Shut up. Like, I'm sorry. But, I know. I mean, maybe I don't feel that because I wasn't like a little white teenage girl in the 90s. But to me, that just sounds silly represents the end of your childhood yeah it's and also like emma's never we've never seen her like fangirl over somebody that much before so like except for carl well, yeah. <laughs> but, like a celebrity anyway so will seemingly understands a bit more as to why they're mourning whitney's death so seriously but he's he still doesn't quite get it but he's in the choir room now and he's telling the group that they'll be singing whitney as a way to say goodbye to her and also to each other and to mckinley because half the group i guess is graduating mm -hmm. And 
he's just like trying to play the role of guidance counselor and therapist and he's just not trained for that like that's not his wheelhouse you shouldn't be doing I that know. I'm like, you should like psychoanalyze the kids i was just gonna say i'm sick of his psychoanalysis also i feel like we should lay out who's graduating and who's not because it's kind of important to part of the plot here so who here this is who's graduating it's rachel finn kurt mercedes santana quinn puck mike mm-hmm. I think that's it because I know who's not graduating is Sam, Blaine, Brittany, Tina, Artie. Artie. Um, I'm not including the Blue Project people because they're just going to disappear off the face of the earth. I think I got it. I think I got it. So it's, it's yeah. That's all I had to say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just feel like it's important to point out. Some people might not know, you know. Sure. <laughs> Now we're by Blaine's locker and Kurt was talking yet again about the song. Oh, well, no, sorry. Some of the songs he's going to perform for the week. He's torn between two great Whitney Houston songs. And the other one he wants to do for Niata, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just about to say that. Yes. And I was asking a question because I wasn't sure. He likes the button. Anyway. Notice how I don't get offended when you butt in. This is a podcast. Because I very rarely do it. And I do it. And I don't, I'm not rude about it when I do interject. Anyway, so I missed this. Kurt, when when Blaine said no, Kurt asked Blaine if he wants to come with him to the sheet music store that day. But it's I don't remember him asking that. I remember we both were like, we thought that he was asking if he wants to come to his Niata audition. And you were like, that's not happening today. The, the way it was worded, maybe this is the fault of the writers, but the way it was worded, it was like, Kurt said... Oh, and you can even come with me to my Niata audition. And then Blaine said, I can't today. And that's when I was like, Blaine, are you stupid? Like, obviously the Niata audition is not today. So I think it was just bad writing. Mm-hmm. Like, he he could have said, I can't come to the record store today. And what's Blaine doing? Like, you don't like what are you doing? Probably sucking off Sebastian. Oh like, God. I don't buy... We'll get to this, but I have so many thoughts on this B-plot. Oh my god. Okay. So yes, Blaine says no. He declines a little record sh- or sheet music store date, not a record <laughs> shop. And Kurt's a little upset. So now we are at the sheet music store called Between the Sheets. And Kurt's leafing through the music and he runs into a little boy. Sorry, that's not <laughs> a little boy. Why did you say it I'm like say that? a little gay boy, but that sounds even worse. <laughs> oh my runs god. Runs into a guy named Chandler. Chandler had a weird last name. It was Chandler Keel. Yeah. And the two of them are just gagging over Whitney Houston. <laughs> it's like a bit much. And my, no, I, okay. I recognize that what Kurt is about to do with Chandler is inappropriate, but low key, I ship them. Like, I thought it was a joyous little moment. I think Chandler is like so fun. And you hit the nail on the head when you said he looks exactly like, um, Oh, what is his name? Farm his boy. Name, farm boy Joe from Serafini. Yeah, farm boy from High School Musical, the musical, the series, who um starts dating Carlos. He looks exactly like him. Yeah. But this is like almost 10 years before. Mm-hmm. So it's a little strange. There's no way that's him. Seb. Seb, Seb that's, that's his it. name. Yes. He just had to go milk his cow. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, back to Lee. <laughs> um, yeah, he's like complimenting Kurt's hippo head brooch, and he's just like. They're, they both seem to be like cut from the same cloth. If you catch my drift. Oh and, my god! Um, well, no, they're both gays that are into musical theater. 
they have the same energy. Yes. yes. They're both very hyper. Mm -hmm. I thought it was kind of cute. And Chandler's auditioning for NYU and Kurt's like, oh my God, no way. I'm auditioning for Niata and blah, blah, blah. And after brief conversation, Chandler, let's say Chase, Chandler asks Kurt for his number. And Kurt says, yes. Ooh. He was slightly hesitant, but he said yes. He said yes. Honestly, the, I don't think that's the issue because they weren't necessarily like flirting in the sheet music store. Like that could have been an opportunity for him to make a friend, especially since he's going to New York, not knowing anybody except for Rachel. This could have been a friend moment, but it's when it's when the texts start happening that that's the issue. We'll get to that. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're back at McKinley and Brittany's just getting to a, a number. She's performing... I want to dance with somebody and it's a horrible like upbeat pop mix. It's like almost so they up the tempo of it a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's like I called it a David Guetta type of mix. It's a it's a little EDM-y, which yeah. I guess was really big at the time in 2012. It's just not. But good. it kind of ruins the whole song. Yeah. It's not good. And like everyone's starting to get up and dance, and the camera pans to Quinn and Quinn oh just sitting God. there in her wheelchair looking all angry. And apparently, yeah, she's hurt, especially after Brittany tells her that she dreams of her dancing and flying and breathing fire. And um, Joe takes notice that Quinn is feeling a little down. Also, Santana looked incredible. What else is new? She and did. I love that they changed the lyrics to In Her Arms, yes. like His Arms. Hashtag like, love is love. It was very sweet. But the song itself, ass. Yeah, not good. So Joe then confronts Quinn about her current state and convinces her to allow him to go to take her to physical therapy which is like kind of weird i guess they were in the god squad together but like y'all aren't really friends but he's like oh a good christian is about their actions not just their words and blah 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 blah, blah. and then yeah i guess that was pretty much it i have thoughts about this this is this is my first bullet point under the writers were rushing and some of this just makes absolutely no sense so just last episode, Quinn was missing outside of one shot. We talked about this. Mm -hmm. The episode before that, she was missed like, oh my God, you guys, don't worry about me. Like, I'm going to go to physical therapy. I'm going to be walking. I'm going to walk across that stage graduation. Like, everything's going to be fine, Hunky Dory. Everything's great. Like, love God, all that. Mm -hmm. And then so she disappears for an episode. And now she's back. And she's like, she literally says, I'm like, it's depressing. I'm depressed. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me like i know people can change over time but there's no progression there like she literally well, went maybe from, i don't even see it maybe last week's episode she went to the physical therapist realized she wasn't gonna walk that quickly we didn't she see that a couple days off school to mm. mourn what could have been no i think it's messy i think it doesn't make any sense and there's another character i'll talk about later where it's like the character was saying something just last episode and it's like completely ignored in this episode so I just think it's messy writing. I think they, this is clearly, they had to throw this together and maybe they had some things in mind, but they had to shoehorn the Whitney thing into it and it took some time out of it. I don't know. I think it's messy. <laughs> yeah. So Will is now chatting with Emma. Will is yet again on one this episode, y'all. It's bizarre. And he surprises her by telling her that he hired Mr. Lavender, the best wedding planner in Lima to plan their wedding. And he... This puts it nicely. It says he asks her about moving the wedding to May. He pretty much forces Emma that they're moving the wedding up to the next month, the following month. From November. 
from November. Yeah. And my whole Schuster cringe hour moment was when he kind of forced this on her and the two of them were kissing. And then in quizzes in between kisses, he goes, Okay. Okay. Ah! Okay. Like shut the fuck up. That was so gross. Ah. Oh, and uh, I'm sorry, before that, when Will is being adamant he wants to move the wedding up. Innocent little Miss Emma goes, is this about S-E-X? Like, you are an adult. Just say sex. <laughs> you can say that. You're so right. Like, that like was stand like, up. That was bizarre. Um, I have a really mean question. Oh, no. How in the hell are these two public school teachers in Lima, Ohio, able to afford, quote, the most prominent wedding planner in Northern Ohio, mm. especially last minute? Maybe you go some bezeling funds from the Glee Club. That doesn't make any sense. So... That yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. I don't know what will and and to be honest with you guys, like I maybe I'm Mr. Dum Dum, but I didn't pick up on why he was doing this until basically the end of the episode, and you kind of clocked it and you brought it up, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that. And so I literally the whole whole episode was like, why is he acting yeah, this way? So I feel like they should have maybe explained it earlier because the whole episode I was just thinking he was like like on crack. I was like, why are you acting like this? Crack. It was so bizarre. He was so intense about it. He was. Anyway. Oh, and is this when um, Emma says something about personalized nut cups? Yeah, I don't know. What, what does that mean? Like, do you get nut cups at what, like, cups full of nuts? Oh, yeah. It's a little, uh, I don't know it's a is. dessert. It's, um. Like, is it literally just a cup of nuts? It's like a oh. pastry with, like, it's like a mini pecan pie. I'm not gonna lie, you guys. That sounds awful. At least the the picture you you're well, bringing the picture up. Doesn't look good. The picture but the looks ingredients, awful. like it sounds like it's tasty. Uh, uh, anyway, they're not gonna be able to get their personalized nut cups because of the change of plans. So yes, I was pretty much forced to agree that they'll move the wedding up to May next month. Wait, was this happening in in their house or in, this was in her office? Okay, yes. So this is before we move on. I thought that all the kissing in her glass-walled office in the middle of school was very inappropriate. It is like, what? You would get fired for that. I yeah. Think. There's lots of things he should have been fired <laughs> for already, but whatever. This is the Glee like reality. I lied. Uh, so, Rachel's talking to Kurt and about her practicing for a Whitney song, as usual. But while they're talking, he gets a text from Chandler. And he's like kind of like smiling and giggling. And he shares the text with Rachel. And she is shook. As she should be. But she didn't immediately shut it down. She was like, oh, yeah, she started Kurt. asking questions. And Kurt's revealing that Blaine seems to have no interest, interest in him lately. He doesn't like what, what was it? Oh, he doesn't, his texts don't make him blush. She like compliment him. He doesn't get compliments. And then he brings up the whole lesbian bed death or whatever which is like the idea that if you date long enough you become siblings i think that that's silly but um i did write in my notes i said kurt this is actually really inappropriate even though i still ship it ew no it's not i I thought they were cute okay well kurt was in a relationship and i don't like Celine, so all right okay okay and i'll talk more about okay i just need to say definitively now it's very inappropriate that Kurt is receiving these. First of all, it's inappropriate. Well, actually, actually, let's talk about this because we did not see, we did not see if Chandler asked if Kurt had a boyfriend or if Kurt said he had a boyfriend. So actually, I don't think we can blame Chandler at all because Kurt- I'm not blaming No, I I know, I know. I'm just, just, it's stream of consciousness. (laughs) But like, 
Yeah, so I don't blame Chandler at all. Chandler at all. Like, you get your flirt on, that's cute or whatever. It's very inappropriate that Kurt does not shut it down, especially because it's not like, oh, I loved your hippo brooch. That's it. It's like he's saying your smile is so, yeah, like, cute, basically. Um, and, the, and the fact that Kurt doesn't shut that down is really inappropriate. Yeah. But that this doesn't make it right. Like, nothing will make that right. But some of the things Blaine says later had me rolling my fucking eyes and we'll get to that oh my god so i was trying to find a picture of the texts and i googled like kurt chandler lee texts uh, and i found a post in the subreddit from four years ago that said did you think kurt texting chandler was cheating out of 174 votes 93 people said no and 81 said yes oh split crowd yeah i think to me cheating is like a is like a a physical thing like that's when it's like you shouldn't have fucking done that. That's horrible. I mean, obviously, like there's things you can do or that's really inappropriate. I just think it's really inappropriate. I don't yeah. think like I think Blaine was being really dramatic because I'm kind of skipping ahead, but Blaine is like in tears and he's like, "That's cheating, Kurt." And I'm like, it, it's more it's like not, it's like but... romancing versus like cheating. Yeah, like he's like being romanced by another man. And also, this is totally something a high schooler would do. Like, oh yeah, it kind of screamed very real to me because the high schooler would totally be like, "Oh my god, compliments! I love that." Anyway, yes, yeah, so we'll, let's move on. Anyway, Kurt's <laughs> cheating. Oh, <laughs> and oh, the next scene, oh, it's Joe and Quinn. They're performing "Saving My Love for You," and it's boring. It's really boring and it's really gross. Like. They're also, it's interspersed with clips of them at physical therapy and Joe's like helping move Quinn's arms and they're staring into each other's okay. eyes and I hate it. Again, I feel, one, I have a question for physical therapists. Is that allowed that you could just bring anyone in to assist with the physical therapy? Because that doesn't make any sense. Two, I thought it didn't make any sense that they had one conversation about Quinn being sad and Joe was like, oh, I'll cheer you up. And then all of a sudden they're singing this song where they're like, oh, I'll make love to you softly. And they're looking into each other's mm -hmm. arms. Um... I just feel like that went from A to like F really quickly. Yeah. Um, I'm not buying I don't it. like that. I'm not buying it at all. Like, except for the whole Jesus thing. Like, I guess Jesus unites them. Or <laughs> yeah, gross. But anyway, Santana okay. and Rachel, there were lots of like just smash cut performances. There's a lot. Yeah. So the next scene, Santana and Rachel are performing so emotional and they're getting like all new directions into it as well. And, but while they're up in the front of the glee room, or sorry, in the glee, yeah, in the choir room doing the performance, Kurt is on his phone, giggling, giggling smiling, laughing. texting his little boo thing on the side. Finn has his phone out recording, like you're doing amazing, mm -hmm. sweetie, which I thought so was kind Brittany. of funny. Yeah, that was funny. But yeah, Kurt is not paying them any attention because those texts are probably getting hot and heavy with Chandler. Wait, what song was this? So Emotional. This was another weird mix mm -hmm. where they changed the tempo and the mix of it completely. And yeah. I just don't think, I just don't think it worked. Yeah. But while, while Kurt's texting, Blaine's looking at him. He looks a little, little sad. So that's forthcoming. So all the girls were in the girls' room. And I just need to point out, they're all like in the mirror, like fixing their makeup, or whatever. And because Quinn's in her wheelchair, poor thing is using their reflective uh, surface off of the hand dryer. It's kind of like a mirror to do her own makeup. Girl, have some dignity. Get a hand mirror. Like, first of all, that surface is warped too. Yeah. So how's your makeup not like busted? I don't know. I will say though, Quinn's hair did look good in this episode. So like, 
yeah. one look fine. Nice thing I'll probably ever say about Quinn. Her oh. was good. But they're all confronting her about her and Joe's relationship. And even though the two of them just performed that romantic number, we saw them into each other's eyes during physical therapy. She says she thinks that Joe's into her because at the end of the physical therapy session, he like looked grossed out because she got back into her chair. We got no inclination of that. Yeah. It was really, you know how filmmaking is like show, don't tell. I feel like that wasn't shown at all. Yeah. It was simply told. And she's just being so well as me. And I'm like kind of tired. Yeah. So Will comes home and he finds Emma and Mr. Lavender, who we learn is actually Lavender. <laughs> Lavender, I love that. Are discussing plans for the wedding. And they're talking about venues and Will's getting all upset because Mr. Lavender says he couldn't find a venue with an available stage. And Will's like, I have to rap at this wedding. Like, I need to be canceled because I'm going to rap at this wedding. And the lead kids need to be there to perform. We need a stage. Yeah, I wrote in my notes. I was like, I bet the writers thought they ate with that like self-deprecating joke, but it kind of fell flat for me. Yeah, it it did. It was weird. And... Emma's like, okay, well, like, if you want all that, let's just keep, move the wedding back to September. I thought it was November. It says September. Anyway, move the wedding back so we have more time to find a venue that's appropriate for what you want. And Will's just, like, getting upset. He's mad at Mr. Lavender and Emma, and he fires Mr. Lavender. Rude as hell. Yeah. Again, we'll get imagine watching this, and I, I'm, like, not picking up on why. Yeah. Again, maybe I'm a dum-dum, but I was, like, not picking up on it whatsoever. So I was just so sketched out by why he's acting the same. It was very weird. So we're in the football locker room, and Joe's talking to Sam about his feelings for Quinn. And he's saying he can't control his, quote-unquote, feelings for her, a.k.a. his little Johnson downstairs. Oh, my God. And he says he's, like, feeling not conflicted about his religious beliefs, but also his physical needs. And pretty much he's just trying to see if he can get permission to take Quinn to Bone Town, it seems. Ah. And that's all I really have to say about that scene. Do you have anything to add there? No. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. We are in Kurt's room, and apparently Blaine was going through Kurt's phone, but Blaine's like, actually, I wasn't going through your phone, but your phone was blowing up with texts from someone named Chandler. And Blaine asks Kurt if he likes him, and he feels like he's being cheated on. I have some more things to say. Okay. okay, first of all, again, I want to emphasize, I think what Kurt's doing is inappropriate. And I think in the very least, he should have said to Blaine, like, if anything, just as a cover your ass, he should have been like, sweetheart, I made a new friend. And mm-hmm. so then, one, Blaine would know who Chandler is. Two, this is where I want to talk about what Blaine is saying. Like, Blaine's, like, welling up with tears, and he was like, this is cheating. And then Kurt rightfully brings up the shit that Blaine was doing with Sebastian. And I need to talk about it because I feel like Kurt didn't go in enough. I went in earlier when we talked about this before, but yes, Blaine fucking danced on the dance floor at a gay club with Sebastian, leaving his man at the bar, number one. Number two, Blaine met up with Sebastian at the Lima Bean on multiple occasions, like physically met up with Sebastian mm-hmm. and and I, I called out how he was being flirty in those scenes as well. Kurt at least has not met up with Chandler. He doesn't see Chandler again this episode. And so I think Kurt was so right to call that out. And while I still think what Kurt's doing is inappropriate, I'm, I just don't think Blaine like apologized enough for that. And I think that's 
BS. And you guys know I don't like Blaine. And so maybe that's why I'm kind of like not in his camp. He's also about to do a really cringy musical number. Um, but that's what I have to say. I think Kurt was so right to call that shit out. Yeah, and Kurt was also saying how that he feels like Blaine like hasn't sorry, he, he said Blaine's the alpha gay, oh which was so yes. funny. He's like, everyone loves you. You get all the solos. You're the alpha gay. Yeah. And he just likes how Chandler makes him feel. But like, because lately Blaine hasn't been making him feel good. And yeah. So Kurt's calling him out and on his past behavior, but Blaine still doesn't seem to be like accepting that what he did was wrong in the past. So like that's kind of weird. But anyway, he's Kurt says he's sorry for making him upset. Oh no, Blaine says he's sorry for making Kurt upset. It's a lot of he and he, you know, same-sex relationships. And that what Kurt's doing with Chandler is not right, but it's It's okay. okay. And cue the groans. And then we launch into guess what song it is, everybody. It's not right, but it's okay. Wait, what is it? The um technically this is the like something pussy remix. Thunderpuss. Thunderpuss remix. Which goes so hard, by the way. Like this song, this is one of my favorite Whitney songs. I think it goes so hard. You know, the little the beginning, me? the notes in the beginning of the song. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It goes so hard. And so the fact that they gave this to Blaine. And so it changes to him performing this in front of the Glee Room. And then we get a little bit of like, I think, meta narrative where like he's performing and they're doing a visual homage to the music video. Mm-hmm. But then like the whole rest of the Glee Club is his background vocals yeah um and it's weird because at first when they're in the glee room the choir room they look all like uncomfortable and weird because they all just start singing along singing it was it didn't make any sense it was cringe as fuck because i just don't think darren chris can sell when i say i don't think he can sell songs i don't mean that he can't sing i just think that like he goes way over the top with the emotion of these songs. Like, think about the fucking, um, like, Stronger in the Big Brother episode. Mm-hmm. Think about Cough Syrup. Like, he just goes way over the top with his facials. And this is, like, the worst example. And it's it's almost a joke, you guys. It's, like, it's not meant to be funny, I don't think. But it's really bad. And another thing I didn't like, I voiced this when we were watching it. Like, think about the most defining moment of that song. It's the, you know, you were making a fool out of me and she holds that note for like a bajillion seconds. They give that note to the background singers. Like from the Glee really Club. Offended by that that doesn't make any sense to me. Like you're doing a Whitney tribute and Whitney just belts out that note. And if you can't do that note, then don't do the song. And you give it to the background singers and they're doing it in a lower octave. It didn't make any sense to me. I thought it was so stupid. That's like the best part of that song. Anyway, I didn't like it at all. What did you think? Yeah, it was not great, but it wasn't the worst performance we had this episode. So So, next scene, we're at Santana's locker. First of all, Santana's locker is a shrine to herself. She has a picture of herself on the cheerleading magazine, the cover cheerleading magazine in the locker. I love that. And Rachel walks up. The the fandom is not, they give one line to the scene. At Santana's locker, Rachel confronts her about how amazing their duet was, and that's it. There's lots to unpack about this scene. Yeah. First of all, Rachel is like trying to make it seem like she's desperate for her and Santana to be like good on good terms now they're about to graduate. You know, they never really have been on good terms. It comes out of nowhere. And she hands her a little wallet-sized photo of herself to put in Santana's locker to like try and help her be more friendly towards Rachel. 
I don't know. This feels very forced. This is another messy writing thing. Um, it does feel very forced. It basically, apparently that was their first duet together mm-hmm. in the show. And so they use that as a building block for like, oh my God, that duet was fire. Like maybe we should actually <laughs> Not be, fire. Maybe we should be friends. And as I was voicing to you IRL and we we're watching this, like this feels like the moment where the writers, spoiler alert, in season four, Santana eventually moves to New York with Rachel and Kurt. Mm-hmm. And this feels like, the writers thought of that idea. They're like, oh, that's what we're doing next season. And then they were like, wait, there's barely any relationship between Santana and Rachel. Make that shit happen. Pretty much. And it does feel very shoehorned in and random. Why are you taking a picture of the flowers? Don't worry about it. Focus. Okay. Um, all right. You guys, he fully has his flash out and everything. All right. um, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, it was very awkward and weird. Yes. <laughs> Oh, sorry. The way they wrote uh, it. No, no, no. What? They wrote a whole paragraph, but I just, I didn't keep reading it. So I thought that one line was what they had to say about it. But okay. yes, so she said that it was her last duet, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think they said it was their last duet. I think they said, oh, there's only 42 days left till graduation, but that doesn't mean it's your last duet. Yeah. Anyway, weird. So we're back at the Hummel. The Hummel, Hummel. House. Did Finn move in? We never see them. Yes, we oh, never see okay. them in the house. <laughs> Yes, Carol and Finn do live there too. Yes. But we're at the Hummel household and Bert walks in on Kurt labeling all of his possessions with post-its because he's planning his move to New York, even though he still hasn't even graduated high school yet. And he's categorizing things to keep, things to to move, uh, bring to New York and things that need to be put into a community-controlled storage room because when he makes it big, they're going to be worth a lot of money. Like, let's calm down. It's so stupid. Haven't even had <laughs> the odd audition yet. Boo. It's so, so stupid. Put, put the pump the brakes a little bit. And Bert is just saying that he feels that they've been way too casual about Kurt's leaving and they haven't properly talked about it. Now, he's been like avoiding Kurt kind of because he's sad that he's leaving. I don't get it. And I love how you, you said that doesn't make any sense. And then Kurt said, wait, you're avoiding our Friday dinners because you're going to miss them. I know. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Um, Bert says this weird ass thing where no. he's like, we made each other men. And I, I looked at you like, huh? Oh, that's sus. And then he says something about him being his little boy. Yep. Or he's, he's like, I want my little boy, boy back. back. I'm like, yeah. ew, <laughs> let's stop. Not oh, and then he says like, it's like Starsky and Gay Hutch. Yeah, that was offensive. <laughs> and I was like, imagine if your dad called you like gay something. Oh <laughs> it was just kind of a weird. It was. I think it kind of felt flat. It did. Felt very forced. Lots, lots of things. This episode felt very forced. It's not a good episode. Like, it's not. I would give this genuinely. I would give this episode like a three out of ten. Oh, it was not good. It's probably tied with Pot of Gold for my least favorite episode of the season. But we'll get back to that if we do those superlatives and season superlatives. Oh yes, we will. So the next scene, we're disappointed. We were waiting for Mercedes to have her moment this episode, and we thought that if she was going to have a moment, it would have been this song. But no, we see Kurt singing, I have nothing. And it's giving nothing. It's not good. Yeah, you guys. So this is like the number one thing I'm talking about with the writing. It genuinely makes no sense why Mercedes takes such a backseat in this episode. I don't think she has a single line, like a line of dialogue. And she's in the first number and she's in the last number. But I really thought in my head, I was like, wait, I'm pretty sure Mercedes sings I Have Nothing and she blows out of the water. Don't know why I thought that, because that would make too much sense. But the thing I want to say about the writing is literally last 
episode when Shu was all concerned about Mercedes' future and Mercedes was like, listen, I want to be the next Whitney. Oh. I want to be the next Mariah. I just don't know how to get there. Why in the fuck would you not write her into a prominent role in this episode? She clearly loves Whitney because that was the first name she said. She literally said, I want to be Whitney. And the episode opened like, her looking at that picture of Whitney. Yes, it makes no sense. And then like you could have woven in a storyline about how she's gaining confidence and like she's going to go out into the world and she's going to be the next Whitney. It makes no sense, you guys, why she has no role in this episode. And it makes even less sense why she doesn't have a solo. I know she got to sing. I will always, she got to sing, I will always love you a few episodes back, but like it's the Whitney episode. And this is Amber, Riley. And moreover, it's the only black woman you have in the show. Why would you not have her do a solo? It's I, stupid. I feel like that's also proof that this was filmed last minute because she, yeah, she did sing, uh, I'll always love you a few episodes ago. And like they could have saved that for this. I mean, I guess it makes sense for the storyline for that episode. Like, it is yeah. the Whitney Houston song. And yeah, like, but still, I don't know. It's, it's the weird. Whitney episode. Like, yeah. I just think, I I get I get why they maybe thought it was a good idea to have Kurt sing this because of the whole Blaine conflict. But I just feel like Mercedes should have, like, even if it was just like Mercedes sang it and then she was like, that's my Whitney tribute. I loved Whitney. Like, that would have worked. Mm -hmm. And she would have fucking imagined Amber Riley just blowing this out of the water. And she will. Oh, we'll, we'll get there. So, yeah, Kurt did not. No, like that high note. Chris Colfer's voice was not well suited to this number. He does not have a powerful belting voice. It's a very soft mm -hmm. voice. And so when he hits that key change, it falls very flat. It does. And it shouldn't. It should be very powerful. Yeah. It's not good. But I guess it was moving to Blaine because Blaine oh. is in tears by the end of the song. So I guess that's all that really matters. Okay. But we were not fans. So we're in the locker room. It's not football season anymore. So like, what sport are they? I, I remember like when Blaine was in the locker room for the shot glass exchange. Oh like, what are you doing there? I'm sorry. Yeah. Are you? Did you have another like dramatic shower? Maybe Puck summoned them there because Puck had these cute little like pink party bags. Gives all the new directions, boys as a graduation gift and for them to remember all the moments they had together and that he's going to miss them, which again, Puck had like yeah. no role. We in didn't episode. need this. Like that was, that was 50 seconds. You could have cut out. You yeah. could have to a Mercedes number. You could have done this three episodes from now when you're actually closer to graduation. I don't know why we're doing this now. It felt That's like a weird. waste of time. Yeah. <laughs> so we're in Emma's office and she is giving pretty much couples counseling to Kurt and Blaine, even though she admits she's not qualified to do so. So like, why are you even doing it in the first place? I think it's almost like a running joke because I feel like she said that a couple times where she's like, I'm not qualified. Like, girl, do you have a, a license with the state? Like, yeah. we need to do some investigation there. But Blaine sharing that he hates having a conversation that he has with Kurt is about Niata, how it makes him feel like he doesn't want to be with him anymore. He's so excited to leave Lima and Blaine and move off to New York and live this fantasy life of his. And that in four months, he will be all alone without Kurt without the love of his life and Kurt's reassuring him saying he's, he promises that he's never going to leave him and the two of them share a loving hug as the synopsis says can I talk about how um they said that they're going to Skype every day and Blaine is going to visit him in New York every weekend yeah what do Blaine's parents do? Because that is literally a round trip flight to New York mm -hmm. every week. 
You cannot drive. You could, but it's like what 13, 14 hours. It's too long. That you like that. You should not be doing that. And then even the skyping every day. That's like a lot. I forgot all about Skype. By the way, I used to be all over Skype back in the day. Every day, school. like every other day, even is more reasonable. But every day, yeah, it's a lot. Spoiler no. alert: This is not going to work out the way you guys think. No. <laughs> So Will is talking to Emma about how he has booked a campground for their wedding now off of Route 9. Will's desperation it's levels have never been lower. really embarrassing. It is. Um, and Emma, okay, okay, now this is November again. So I don't know why September was still It's November definitely before, November. That's what they said. She tells him that they need to have it in November if he wants the stage. And like, we finally, we finally get to understand why Will's so hell-bent about having this wedding next month in May. Because... He wants to ensure that the Glee kids will be there because he's going to miss them. And this man, this grown ass man, is like all the pieces about these Glee kids not being there for him at his wedding. It's very embarrassing. Now, guys, I'm not saying you can't be like a club mentor and get attached to the kids. Like, I get that. I'm not a monster. But what I am saying is like, this is your wedding. And if a couple of them can't make it, I think you're going to be fine. Like, mm-hmm. and, and also November, hmm, I wonder what holiday is in November where most people go home to their families. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could have it like the week of Thanksgiving or the week before or after, and maybe you could get the kids to come then. Like, what the fuck? And I'm just surprised that Emma was being so like patient and kind about this because like he's putting these Glee kids, like his need for the Glee kids to be there over his own fiance. Oh, you're right. Like he forced this on her. He's changing the venue. He's oh, changed the date. You're right. He's, he's setting off her into consideration. Setting off her OCD. Mm-hmm. It's rude. Monster. So she's more patient than me. Not monster. <laughs> but yes, she tells him that no matter where or when they have it, the Lee kids will be there. And she's just trying to reassure him that like uh, you need to calm down. Those kids gonna be there. All right. Better woman than me. I would mm-hmm. be cursing his ass out. In the physical therapy, not English for sure, <laughs> Quinn notices that Joe is having an erection while they put Ew! it very, very frankly. Yeah, so Joe again is helping like push back Quinn's leg and I guess he's leaning his dick on her leg and she feels a, a presence on it. And she's like putting his hand on her leg to try and not have it it's touching really it. It's really awkward. It's very awkward. And he gets all embarrassed and she's like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. And he's just telling her that he thinks that she's perfect. And feels like he doesn't have to do what God says for him to feel closer to him because he wants to be with Quinn. I need to read to you guys the worst quote of the whole episode and possibly one of the worst lines of glee ever. Oh no, what is it? I wrote this down verbatim. When I'm with, this is Joe. Also, I called him Jacob in my notes for some reason. Is that his real name? No, it's Sam. Sam. Anyway, um, when Joe, Joe is talking to Quinn and he says, when I'm with you, I don't care what God says about sins of the flesh. Oh my God. <laughs> Delusion. <laughs> what the hell? That's a man who's down bad. Sorry, okay. what the heck? I mean, I don't want to offend him. <laughs> and Joe's just asking, like, okay, like, what do we have? Like, what's good? Like, what are we? And she's like, we have something new. I kind of love how blase she is, though. Like, when she's like, are you saying you want me to be your girlfriend? <laughs> like, she kind of sounded like she wasn't into it. Yeah. She shouldn't be. He's kind of gross. It makes no sense. Like it makes again, no it's sense. just the God relationship. It's like, the God it. relationship, and like he cheered her up once. Yep. Like, come on. 
So at Kurt's locker, Blaine compliments Curtin's outfit and sends him an unscheduled text. I guess they were uh, gotten to the point where their texts were scheduled and their makeouts were scheduled. So he's trying to be more spontaneous. I mean, that is kind of fucked. Well, yeah, but yeah. like him making a point that it's an unscheduled text is just weird. Sure. And at first, Kurt tells him what he told Chandler not to text him anymore, but is surprised to find out he sent it. What? I don't. I don't understand what that's trying to say. And I don't remember what happened during the scene. Do you? No. He asked. Oh, I don't even see it at all. He asks him to blow off Glee, but Kurt turns him down and says they they only has a few left together. Yeah, I do remember that. Blaine was like, "Oh, let's spend time together." But then Kurt was saying, uh, "Because Blaine was like, oh my god, everyone's doing their own thing, and like no one's probably going to be at Glee practice.'" Oh. And Kurt said, "No, we should go. Like we only have a few left." Which is why I kind of love the closing number because like everyone ends up showing up. I think that's really sweet. Yes, we are in the April Road Civic Pavilion, as the synopsis says, and Mercedes and Artie are leading the group in a rendition of My Love Is Your Love. And then Kurt and Blaine join in and then Finn and Rachel, Will's watching, and then Pox and Tana and Brittany join in, Joe and Quinn. So all the couples are joining in. And... It's fine. It's like a classic, like end of episode, like whole Glee Club on stage performing number. I thought it was sweet. Like I liked how you know me. I get a little sentimental mm-hmm. when like everyone's coming together, and I thought it was kind of cute how like everyone's just kind of showing up, and it felt very informal. Like it's not a highly choreographed number. They're all just kind of standing and clapping in a circle. I distinctly remember if it wasn't last season, it was season before, where I said how much I like that type of stuff, and you said no, it's it's dumb. Like. They're not doing it like they're just kind of standing around, like all right. no choreography. Well, maybe I'm getting more sentimental <laughs> because they're about to graduate, okay? And I'm gonna be a mess. Oh, I'm not ready for that. All part. right. Anyway, that's the end. <laughs> yes. Am I recording? Oh yes. Oh my god, honey. Could you imagine? <laughs> anyway, yeah. So that was just kind of a waste of an episode. It was not good, but it finally me. I'll save this. I'll save my spiel for the end. There's still trivia and superlatives. Okay, well, let's get into the superlatives. Okay. Um, what was your worst musical performance? It's not right, but it's okay. I thought that was an absolute joke. It was silly and stupid. I don't like how Blaine didn't even attempt to do the note. He's so offended by that. And his facial expressions were goofy and stupid. And I thought it was stupid. Sorry. Wow. Ooh. Well, mine was Saving All My Love for You. I don't buy Joe and Quinn at all. Oh. Oh, I, wait, that was your worst? Yeah. I thought you were going to pick I Have Nothing. No. This was this, this one made the me more voice, mad. voice went as high as Kurt Hummel. I laughed at Kurt, but this one made me mad. Like, oh, damn. I'm not buying Joe and Quinn at all. <laughs> There's no chemistry. There's no tension. It's just like the two of them speaking lines at each other. And this number, honestly, I don't, I don't remember a lot of it because I got so annoyed. I, I think I stopped paying attention. But this, it feels so forced, and I don't like them, and I didn't like their voices together, and the like scenes of them at physical therapy together during this number were just too much. So yeah. I did not enjoy it. Yeah. What was your, the best musical performance in your opinion? I now I got a little ahead of myself, and I was doing my superlatives before the end, and I put not applicable, which you know is strong mm. for me because I don't like doing that. But I liked Your Love Is My Love. So I put that as best performance. That was the one, remember I told you guys at the beginning, there was one remixing that I didn't mind. And it was this one. They changed the tempo again. They slowed it down. They stripped it back. 
And I thought it actually worked and it was fine as opposed to all the other times they just fucked with the songs. So, oh, and uh, Mercedes was featured, which makes sense in a Whitney Houston episode. So I picked that as the best. Interesting. Would you pick? As a, as a, Avid fan of that song, but they didn't do it justice. So I couldn't it. <laughs> avid fan. I guess it makes sense. Mine, I have a question mark after this. I put so emotional, I guess. Like Santana was in it. She sounded great. She looked great. Yeah. Rachel's voice doesn't, like, she can't sing with me. Like, Rachel doesn't have the voice to sing it, but Santana does. Yeah. What was that? Sasha. Oh. <laughs> so I'll give her her props. And I guess she was in a couple numbers this episode, but this one I thought was one of her best for the episode. So gave it to her. Who was your LVP? I feel like it was hard to pick one this episode. I picked William Schuster because what the fuck were you on about, dude? Like, it was genuinely mystifying. It was bizarre behavior. And the fact that we didn't get an explanation till the end just made it more infuriating. I feel like that reconciliation should have happened a little bit earlier yeah. to make us less annoyed as viewers. I guess. But it didn't. And so as annoyed as I was at Blaine or joe i will needs to have it like come on at one point i had five names written down i had quinn blaine kurt will and joe but i'm gonna go with blaine because blaine was being a little beads episode kurt clearly had some feelings like some feelings that were hurt and blaine was not picking up on that so i again i don't condone the romanticizing because i wouldn't quite say it's cheating but the way that blaine handled that whole thing was not great and Kurt mm-hmm. deserves better. So, mm-hmm. how do you? However, for MVPs, I put not applicable because there was not a single person to me in this episode that was standing out that was worthy of that accolade. So, no one got it. I picked an MVP, and you're going to be annoyed by it. it. Chandler. Yeah, I oh picked Chandler. Predictable. I picked Chandler because one, Sadly, this is going to be my only opportunity to give Chandler MVP. He, he loves doing he, that. He does, MVP for he the does only not opportunity. Okay, listen. If I was a member of the Voting Academy of the Academy Awards, I would 100% be that person that's like, it's this person's time. Like they're nominated. So they don't. For no they the don't awards, have one. The awards this season. No, no, because I don't like them. But like, like Annette Bening is nominated for Best Actress. I would consider giving it to her because. Mama needs an Oscar and she doesn't have one. So I would totally be one of those people, which is why I'm giving Chandler MVP because he'll never get another opportunity because it's the only time he shows up, unfortunately. And I thought Chandler was cute and fun and joyful. And I just, I just thought- That one scene really had an impact on I just thought it was nice. So I picked Chandler. I mean, I, I'm in the agreement with you. No one else really did anything to deserve it. So like, might as well give it to Chandler. I don't like doing not applicable. I like having an opinion. Says the guy who almost just gave not applicable. Yeah, to another and I guess what I didn't. So I continued my history of not doing an A. Do you want a medal? Like I didn't ask for a fucking medal. So I'm just stating my. Oh anyway, my god! Let's move on. No, let's I'm not move this. on. I have something to say. Oh, I does. should be able to state my thoughts on something. It doesn't mean that I'm like I need a medal. Give me praise. I'm literally just saying I don't like doing not applicable. That doesn't mean Nick. You're stupid when you pick not applicable. No, it means I don't like doing it. Me, Zach Maynard, and I didn't do it. I don't want to do it. So I picked Chandler. Chandler deserves it. Let's move on to trivia where it'll probably say Chandler does not appear again. Oops, dropped my phone. <laughs> okay, go. 
Are you done? Yes, go. Now that Zach's off his soapbox, oh let's God. move on to trivia, where there really isn't much. So we'll wrap this up quickly. The only trivia bit that I care to uh, share Damn. is that the So Emotional cover that Rachel and Santana do in front of the Glee Room apparently is referenced again in season five, the episode Frenemies, where Rachel deems that performance stupid because of her and Santana's feud at the time. Ooh. Anyway, yep. that's it. There's a spotlight on the Glee logo on the title card already covered. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Like, there's I w- one, two, three, four, five, six bullet points for trivia this week, and none of it's worth I it. I wish there was a piece of trivia that was like, despite Mercedes Jones claiming that Whitney's one of her idols, she does not have a solo in this week's episode. Anyway, okay, so next week, you guys, we're finally getting to the streak of season-ending good episodes. Now, I do have a caveat. The next episode, Choke, does not have that many good musical numbers, except for one, which is really good. But story-wise, there's some developments next week, which are fun. And then after that, Promosaurus. Hello, we get another prom. It's better than last year's prom episode. We're trying to get Robin to join us again. Robin, I'll reach out to you. And then after that, maybe an episode that's not so great. And then we get two amazing episodes to close out the season. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And we're going to really try to stay on top of the timing and the posting for it. Yes, we'll try our best. Because like being excited for the episodes, at least I am, I feel like that contributes to like sitting down, watching it on time, you know? Well, you'll have to tune in next time to find out if we post it on time. Also, Whoopi Goldberg. Hello. Lots to look forward to. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Bye.